Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Good Welcome to A to Z Sports Live, presented by Boston Scientific. We stream it live on YouTube and Facebook. And of course, I am your host, Will Skywalker Steel. Boom! It's Monday, baby. Just call me AI today, man. I got the answers for your questions. Mailbag Monday. Some good questions from y'all. A lot of YouTube questions. In fact, all YouTube questions will answer that today. Plus, in a roundup, easy show. Roundup's not going to be much. No news is dropping. However, we'll refresh you guys up on the off-season dates because the Cowboys started their off-season program today. And, of course, you can call in as always, man. 351-999-3787 is a call-in line. Come on in. Talk to your boy on this wonderful Beautiful Monday. Speaking of AI, did y'all see my Lakers, baby? Y'all <laughs> said we have a chance. Oh, what up, Bomb Squad? Bomb Squad! How y'all doing? The, 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 the NBA world is upside down after game one. That's the beauty, though, of, of, of the NBA. There are seven games that you could potentially play. So we ain't going to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but... It seems like every team that's posted, you know, predicted to win the series lost in game one. So it should be a fun one. Should be a fun one, man. And yeah, yeah. And then you got <laughs> John Morant's injury. So that'll help out the Lakers a little bit later. And I know my bro, Foots the King, is watching right now, who I did not know was a, a Kings fan. So shout out to the Young Bucks. I, I'm actually rooting for them a little bit. But years ago, Years ago, I absolutely hated the Kings, man. The Lakers and the Kings rivalry uh, was right up there with the best during that era. So it'll be interesting to see if they advance, the Lakers advance, and they can kind of clash. Because tomorrow, we'll have, we'll have foots on. We're talking linebackers tomorrow, so make sure y'all come through. But uh, yeah, man, the NBA world is upside down, dog. Upside down. And I already see we got somebody on, on the horn. So hold tight. We'll get to y'all a little bit. Uh, we'll get to you a little bit later. Maybe after the roundup, we'll see. But we definitely want to get into these questions. Y'all have some good questions, some fun questions. And I'm impressed. You know, it, it's not easy to select quality questions. Now, sometimes you get one thrown in there. It is what it is. But for the last month, y'all y'all have been uh, doing some good stuff with these questions. So let's get into this roundup. And then let's come on back and get into this mailbag. Here we go. It's time for the morning roundup. Round them up, boys. Hey, yo. Hey, two broke. Those damn cowbells were annoying. They got this, this cool thing, though, now where they do like a beam. 
I don't know, man. Young scrappy group. Can't hate them. Plus, I like Fox. Anyway, so not, again, not, not a lot of news. Not a lot of news coming out of Dallas right now. It is extremely slow. Uh, teams are not really looking into free agency right now. It's all about getting that draft board together for next week's NFL draft. That's right. Next Thursday is the NFL draft. My goodness. It's here. But before that, the Cowboys do kick off their offseason workouts today. There are some important dates to keep in mind as we get through this offseason, uh, the phases, right? The first day is today, April 17th. Phase one per the NFL consists of the first two weeks of the program with activities limited to meeting strength and conditioning and physical rehab only. So you're probably getting guys in here like Michael Gallup, who is, you know, coming off of surgery. You're getting some other guys in here who may have got some cleanups or they want to check in on. But it's mostly meetings, limited meetings, limited activities, strength, conditioning and rehab. So you you might hear something come out of the day because it's the Cowboys. Right. And any news can be made at the Dallas Cowboys. So and so reported headline and it'll be news. Right. But the other offseason dates to keep in mind heading into training camp is the OTA offseason workouts, May 22nd, 23rd, May 25th, May 30th, June 1st and 2nd, and June 13th through the 20, I'm sorry, June 13th through June 15th. Those are the offseason workouts, the OTAs, where they are not mandatory, voluntary. Then the mandatory minicamp is June 6th through the 8th. So the dead period that we're in right now is going to come to a halt for about a good month and some change, right? You're going to get rookie minicamp, then you'll get these off-season workouts and get mandatory minicamp. And then you'll get the dead period again before we hit camp. So we'll keep you up to date on all of that coming out of Dallas two broke said what do you mean voluntary yeah I mean, you know last year who was it Dalton Schultz didn't report trying to get his bread or what have you for for his his uh franchise tag you you see it across the league you see it in New York matter of fact New York the Giants got about two or three guys that are not reporting and another one I believe is over in Arizona Buda Baker, a lot of I've actually seen that question pop up about Buda Baker and the Cowboys. I don't I don't see that being a situation where the Cowboys will entertain it. Um, we understand how they feel about safeties in general. So them giving up compensation to go get a safety, uh, I, I don't see it. They've already signed their guy in Dino and got two other guys and got some young bucks. But there are a lot of uh players who are not going to report today. And today you can only do offseason or the first day for returning head coaches. So these new head coaches, which Arizona, I don't even think qualify. So they wouldn't even be able to start today. You know what I mean? Do I think Diggs will show up for them? I haven't heard anything yet. So it's a it's a valid question. Um, maybe that's the story, right? Like Trayvon Diggs shows up for camp or shows up for the first day of workouts or doesn't show up. Now, if I'm, I feel like Diggs... I think he missed anything last year but he was kind of traveling a little bit last year and uh he went to his brother's i think he had like an extension or something he went to his brother's press conference so 
you know, Diggs, Diggs does his own thing. Don't be shocked if, if he doesn't show up to a certain thing and it'll probably get attached to his contract. Uh, but I kind of hope he goes dark earlier this year for camp than he did last year. He is, uh, look, man, he's young. These, these, these kids are into the social media. They on here. And I like when he went dark. It was a different version of Diggs we saw at camp when he went dark. So hopefully he does that here earlier than last year. All right, let's uh before I get to you, Gene, I see you, brother. Let's uh let's get to this to, to this uh mailback segment. Got some solid questions I want to hit up. So let's just start off with that and have some fun with it. It's time! Time! It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It is time for Mail Time. Mail time. got mail got five questions from cowboys nation off from youtube i want to start off with darius woods question i said field goals were an issue this pat the past two years and kick returns haven't been top tier is fossil on the hot seat hmm. so 2021, there was definitely field goal issues with Zerline, right? Uh, Fossil came out and, and talked about it. He kind of was sticking up for his guy. I would I would have kind of been harder on Fossil back then. Like, hey, man, you're keeping Zerline again. But he didn't. They went out and they got Brett Maher. And Maher was actually damn good in the regular season. He kicked for 90%, which was eighth in the league. So it really wasn't an issue last year. It became an issue in the playoffs, and I can't put that on John Fossil. You know, your your kicker just went haywire. He just starts shanking everything. That, that ain't on Fossil. So I, I don't think he's on a hot seat for the field goal situation. Um, And he says the kick returns haven't been top tier. Interesting. So in 2022, they were 11th in kick return average. Not bad. 21, they were fifth. Pretty damn good. The years before Fossil got here, 18 and 19, the Cowboys were 20th and last in kick return average, and they were sixth worst and third worst in punt return average. Last year, punt return average shot up to eighth in 2022. So I don't think there have have been issues in the return department. I actually think the Cowboys have gotten better from a return standpoint. And that's with me complaining about Turpin not scoring a touchdown. Look, that's kind of tongue-in-cheek type situation. Yes, the dude is weird in the sense of, I don't know how he hasn't had a touchdown. He had plenty of opportunities, but he seems to always press the wrong button. He'll press circle instead of X or something to speed up, and now, now he's spinning for no reason and running into people. But only five teams scored a kick return touchdown last year. Only three teams scored a punt return touchdown last year. So, yeah, it's not like every team in the NFL is scoring except the Cowboys. So I can't put the Maher struggles in the playoffs and, and Turpin's questionable returning and fumbling the ball at the end of the season last year on, on Fossil. But since Fossil has been here, they've been one of the best defensive return teams in the league. Uh, that has went up tremendously uh, from the guy he replaced. So I don't think Fossil's on a hot seat at all. I think Fossil, you know, revitalized Maher's career last year and then you know it's not his fault it went to shit in the, in, in the playoffs and then he took a USFL guy and 
I'm not going to use the Pro Bowl thing, but he was a, a solid part of this team from a return standpoint for about 85% of the season. You know, the two fumbles in that in that situation in the playoffs were questionable, but uh, for most of the season, you know, we get on him, but it's more so because he scored a damn touchdown. So, no, I don't think Fossil's on the hot seat. Uh, I think he's still one of the best special teams coaches in the National Football League, and I am very interested to see where they go from a field goal standpoint. Do they draft a guy late? Do they sign a guy undrafted free agency? Who knows? But I, I like Fossil. I, I would like to keep him around. Um, I feel like if he was on the market, he gets scooped up very fast by a team looking for a special teams guy. For sure. Uh, Toxic said, why is Maher, at the very least, not back in camp? He had one bad game, had an all-pro worthy season. They are out on Maher. Uh, they must have they must have seen something that happened in that Tampa game. And, let's, and if we're being honest, he also shanked that first one uh, in San Francisco, and it got blocked, though. But that saved him from – but that thing was not going in. I think they, they, they see his mental. And it feels like when your mental is going as a kicker, you can forget about it. I remember Mike Vanderjap was one of the best kickers at that time in National Football League history. And he gets to Dallas, and, and, and I believe it was the block field goal against the rest in peace Sean Taylor-led Washington Redskins at the point at that point. And then Vanderjap just wasn't the same ever again. He really wasn't the same when he got to Dallas, but it, it got worse. And then, boom, next thing you know, it's a wrap for Vanderjap. But much like golfers, y'all golf out there. If you're in your head, man, it, it, it takes a while to get out. So maybe they see something in my heart. Maybe they're not they're not confident that, you know, he can get rid of the yips and they're ready to move forward. I mean, we are talking about a guy who historically kind of been untrustworthy, but he did bounce back. Maybe they're looking at him regressing and saying, hey, he's going to go back to what he was. I don't know. But I don't mind him bringing in the same competition like they did last year. They brought in Hallelujah and Maher, and, and they competed, and, and you got a guy. So do that again this year. Mm-hmm, do that again. Daryl, the decided brewer. Appreciate you, D-Woods and Daryl. Says, come away with two MFers. Should we trade a high or relatively high pick for a starting, quote, or not quote, but parentheses, Pro Bowl left guard? And a starting tight end that can block and catch. Example. A one or two for left guard and a three or four for that tight end. Then draft BPA. You got to give up value to get value. Dak is in his prime now. Uh, that's a handful there, Daryl. So I think the Cowboys missed out on that opportunity to trade for a left guard. Uh, Shaq Mason was a guy that, you know, I was talking to you guys about prior to him getting traded again, I believe, for another fifth round pick. So I, I don't think... I don't think that's on the table anymore. I think they signed their contingency plan and left guard in Chimo Odoga, and that's probably out the window. Uh, so in your example, trading a one or two for left guard, I would not do that either. I, I'm not aware of any top tier left guard that is available that will cost that much. And even if so, are we talking about prime Zach Martin or Quentin Nelson? I mean, that's that's kind of what I would trade that for. I, I'm not trading a one or two for a left guard. I'll just draft that left guard. Unless it's one of those type guys. A three or four for a tight end. Also, I also don't see the point of doing that either. I think you have your tight end that can block and catch in Ferguson. 
You also have a, a really nice number two complimentary guy in Hendershot that you, you can move around. In fact, right now, you can go line up and play. You can go line up and play at tight end and have a quality room, in my opinion. But you can also add to that room in a draft anywhere. So, nah, I wouldn't trade a day three or four or around three or four pick for a tight end. Again, unless you're getting one of the top two or three guys in the league. But these things, after the top three guys or so, it, it just fluctuates a lot. So, nah, I'm, I'm good off of that one. And I'm definitely not trading a one or a two for a left guard. No way, no how. No way, no how. Uh, let's see here what y'all talking about. Brugler mocked Mayor to Dallas today. That's another one. That's another one mocking uh, Mayor to Dallas. I'm, I'm, look, nothing is off the table in that round, including them tight ends. It, 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 look, I may be out on it, but that doesn't mean the Cowboys are. Uh, Tripp says, believe in the picks you have. Forniak, Lindstrom, Simi, get actual players to help you beat the Niners. Believe in the picks you already have and, and get actual players to help you beat the Niners. Uh, so Forniak, Lindstrom, I kind of, we'll see. Those guys come in camp. They'll compete for reserve, reserve roads. I, I wouldn't put everything into them. I wouldn't put all my belief into them. I would actually be trying to draft their replacements uh, and try to upgrade from those guys. Simi is a guy that I actually like a lot, but Simi's going to have to do the same thing. Those guys are going to have to go out there and prove it. But I, I wouldn't, they're, they're not stopping me from doing anything. They're not stopping me from trying to upgrade from those guys from a depth standpoint. I'm hoping to actually get better from them so we can make this roster better. Uh, and then he said, get actual players to help you beat the Niners. I mean, always, right? Always trying to get get better from get better to beat the team you lost to if they got better, which I think the Niners did. Just got to see what happens with their uh, quarterback situation. AB can oh uh, well, well, well we'll get to that. That's 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 later. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Maher missed five points in the playoff game. Yeah yeah I'm I'm fine with them moving on from from Brett Maher without a doubt. Uh, let's get L. Gene in the building. I haven't heard from you in a while, man. Good morning, good sir. What's going on, Scott? How you doing this morning, man? I'm I'm good, my man. How are you? Oh, man, I'm blessed to be alive. See another day, man. Yeah. Um, just you know, was thinking about uh this draft, man, and uh, I, I'm I hate to be one of those like one player away guys, but man, if you could come away with a uh, on the offensive line and still continues his rehab and can be even close to what he was last year in the run game, the power you have on that offensive line with uh, uh, Tyler Biotish getting better and the power of Tyler Smith, and you got to think he's going to get his peanut butter this year. So, he'll probably come back even stronger than he was last year, man. And I, I just feel like this is this this draft, if you get you an offensive lineman that can come in and play like the previous offensive lineman you draft, you cooking with fish grease because San Francisco did exactly what they did the year before. They stopped they stuffed the run. And they told Dak, here, beat us. And we, we couldn't. But what I want to see is you get back in late January, your defense plays like it did last year and get a three and out, and then you got a nine-play, 
yard drive, seven runs and two passes, and whew, like you know, that's how you close out a game. Close out a game. I mean, you, you, we, we. It just seems like Dallas. Their, the the sexy pick is is just always the best thing here in Dallas. Sexy pick, sexy pick. And I love Bijan. Don't get me wrong, I love Bijan. But you got a Bijan light in Tony Pollard. If if that leg is right. Are you, you are you talking from a are you talking from a fan standpoint? Because not from a front office standpoint. They believe the sexy pick Man. is offensive line. I mean, they've drafted. Man. Four offensive linemen in the first round since 2011. They hadn't drafted an offensive lineman in the first round uh, under Jerry Jones up until that point. So I don't, I don't think they believe the sexy pick is whatever you believe the fans think it is. They, they understand offensive line. They, they, they get it. They got four of them in, in round Man, one, and potentially I, could have five. I, you know, so. And I love it because a tight end. I mean, I, I, I get it. The whole tight end thing, you know next Travis Kelsey, but what was the one thing that plagued that? And it was in the first game. Pressure from the offensive line breaking down, man. Oh, you gotta Tampa fortify Biggie. that offensive Tampa line. You gotta fortify that offensive line. And then my last thing is is San Francisco, like you said, got better. Not only did they, they get better, they added a Pro Bowl defensive tackle in Javon Hargrave, who Gave us fits. Yep. If you don't fortify that middle or that offensive line, man, it's going to be the same thing over and over. So when you say fortify that offensive line, what do you mean by that? Do you mean they have to take a guy in the first round, or or do you believe they can grab a guy? I'm I'm not going to say take. I'm I'm not going to say you have to take a guy in the first round. But you you got to get this thing right, man. You have to because you got a gaping hole that left guard, man. Right. And people are saying, you know, Tyler Smith uh, kick in and Tyron Smith is, you know, plays left left tackle, but we know how that story's going to end. Yeah, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, don't count on that. So so what I'm saying is is I, I'm not going to say they put themselves in a corner, but they got to hit, man. They have to. Whether it's a, 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 a left tackle or, or, or a right tackle, you have to hit on an offensive lineman this year, man. And, and it's just, oh, man, because it, 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 we're so close, man. I know it. We're sure. so close, man. So I, I, I got you. I got a theory, too, on this. Hey, man, appreciate your call, LG. All right, Scott, you be careful, man. You have a, a a wonderful week, man. Love the show. God bless you and your family, brother. Thanks, brother. You as well. As my man L was talking, I was sitting there thinking. I, I wonder if a schematic change is going to help. Not just his offensive line, obviously the offense in general, but maybe the perception of what Dallas what Dallas needs to do up front because I think we're we're molded to think that, hey, man, we absolutely have to draft all these linemen early all the time because that's what got the Cowboys rings early. And that's what's been hitting with Travis Frederick and and, and Zach Martin. And now we have Tyler Smith and Ter- uh, Terrence, but uh, Tyron Smith. And we've been hitting. It's been working. You know, it is what it is. But I wonder if just a simple schematic change will help an average guy. Cause every team 
may have a few pro bowlers, but they also have Isaac Samolus or Saimalu or whatever his name is. They also have uh, McGlinchies and they also have these kind of just run-of-the-mill average offensive linemen, but they have a, an exceptional offensive line or scheme that kind of hides them or accentuates their strengths, right? So, look, they've put themselves in a hole to where offensive guard 100% has to be a position that they draft in the top three rounds, I think. However, I just wonder if a simple schematic change can help take Biotis to the next level, can help take that second or third round guard to the next level, can take Tyler Smith, although we believe Tyler can fit in that same mold as some of the other first round guys. But just wonder, because not every team is drafting offensive linemen in the first round like this, you know? And and maybe that was what they needed to do based off of the kind of mundane scheme they've been running especially in the run game, since Bill Callahan has left. If we're being real, I mean, Bill Callahan took an undrafted guy in Ron Leary made him look like a stud. Took a dude in Doug Free who was about to flame the hell out at left tackle, moving to right tackle. He was right to move left and move back. And Doug Free became a kind of a rock over there at right tackle. Took a Jeremy Parnell, made Jeremy Parnell look good. So what I'm saying is coaching kind of matters, scheme kind of matters. And the Dallas hadn't really had that kind of quality coaching or scheme to, to elevate some of these linemen. They've, they've had to rely on the exceptional talent of drafting a Zach Martin and Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick and now Ty, or I said Tyler, the Smiths, whatever. And um, hoping that a guy like uh, Tyler B. Oddish could, could step up. Now, Tyler B. Oddish has been solid, but I'm not going to go as far as say he's like those other guys, so. Just, just something I thought about. Wonder if this scheme is going to help these guys. Chris, what's good, man? Yo, Scott, what's going on, bro? What's up with you? How was the weekend? It was, it was great, man. It was great. Um, hey, so uh, I know we we both like Mozzie Smith. Uh, do you think the Cowboys would drop in that twenty six? No, I don't think so. They, it would be a it would be a first. They they just don't draft those guys early. Yeah, because I think he he's he's such a good player, man. Every single time I watch him, I I I want him more on this team, but I'm not getting my hopes up. Hey, so I I went back and watched the week six game um, against the Eagles because uh, I wanted to see how the tight ends performed without Dalton Schultz. I think there's a legitimate argument to be made that you got probably your best tight end play outside of maybe that Tampa Bay game from that Philly game without Dalton Schultz. Like I think that those tight ends, uh, Ferguson, Hendershaw, even McEwen, uh, had a pretty good game just as a as a unit against Philadelphia with Cooper Rush and even even with Cooper Rush missing some throws. They had a good second half, you know, once. Once, uh, who was it? Kellen Moore started to actually feature them for whatever reason in that game. If you guys remember, it's funny because I actually went back and watched it looking for Dalton or uh, Jake Ferguson, you know, plays. If he, he, for whatever reason, thought he could just out throw that secondary at that point in defense with Cooper Rush, it was maddening. Uh, they didn't feature the Titans at all, they were kept in the block too much, they were just not a part of the offense. Then that last possession to end the half, they started doing some play action stuff getting them guys involved, came out in the second half, did some play action stuff, got those guys moving around, and you start to see it working a bit. But if you want to look at a game where 
from quarter one to the last quarter where they were featured and they played well. Go watch the Giants game. Uh, those boys were, were, were banging on the interior, the first one. Those boys were out on routes. They were featured. They had plays for them. Um, th- that could be kind of an inkling of what you can get from them. But with the better quarterback in Dak Prescott who can put that ball you know, up the seams with some of those guys who was actually looking for the tight ends because there was too many times where early on Cooper Rush wasn't looking for Dalton Schultz or Jake Ferguson, you know, in those first couple of games. They, it had to be game plan to those dudes. And I think you can miss some opportunities. I don't think Dak would, would, would miss those opportunities if he sees it pre-snap. Yeah, I, like I was, I saw, uh, I think it was week three of 2021. They ran this tight end screen that was a, a beautifully designed play. I would love to see them bring that back to the offense, especially with Jake Ferguson, because, I mean, once he gets the ball in his hands, I mean, he's just – he's so hard to bring down. I mean, there was a play in that Eagles game where Jake Ferguson had, the, had Chauncey Gardner-Johnson put the most in skates. another continent. Yeah. Yeah, Jake is – So I would love to see – Jake is sneaky – I hate to use that term, sneaky athletic, because he's not. When he's on the field, he's athletic as hell. But but his numbers aren't going to wow you from a combine standpoint or whatever. But when you when you put on the film, when you when you get the ball in his hands, he he's not easy to bring down. You want a yak machine, like 70% of his – Yards were yak. He's making dudes miss. He's jumping over guys. Like there, there's this, there's this weird thought that Jake Ferguson can't do what these guys coming out can, and and I just I disagree with that. And he's a good route runner too. Like like he's a sneaky good route runner. Hey man, I, so, I, I think yeah, he's I, I, I think he is. I think he is everything you need to have in the tight end. Like I, I just do. Yeah, I I really hope they. Uh, they really start to feature him because I, I don't think he was featured nearly enough in this offense. Yeah, he wasn't last year, but he was he's a rookie behind Dalton Schultz, so I, that didn't surprise me. Um, I think what surprised me is when when Schultz was out in some of these games, they didn't kind of go to him. Because if they would have went to him a little bit more, maybe they would have saw like, hey, do we, we want to push Schultz back in? But when Schultz came back in, you know, he was kind of that quarterback best friend, reliable, going to be where he needs to be. Uh I just think it can become a bit predictable when he's in the game because he he's not running every single type of route, right? And you saw that happen in the San Fran game where you, they knew what was coming before the play was coming and almost got got housed for a pick six. Yeah, and and I'll land the plane on this. So uh, I was in this group chat, uh, and and clearly there are people that that don't like the Cowboys in there. They said, "Oh, you know, Jake Ferguson's nothing but a fullback." And my response was. F around and find out. <laughs> You're gonna see this year. A fullback. What? Who? What chat you in? Oh, I, I mean, this is this is the chat that was saying Kirk and uh, Daniel Jones are better than Dak Prescott. So oh I, boy, I knew there wasn't there wasn't much productivity uh, productivity coming out of that chat. So oh boy, yeah. Get to, hey, do yeah, yourself a yeah, favor. We'll find out this year. Save some brain cells from that chat, bro. Appreciate you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. A fullback. Talking about man. Let's get back into the mailbag real quick. All right, a uh, single two thousand pounds. That's an interesting YouTube name. Appreciate you though for the question. He says Bijan is hard to pass at twenty six. So in a perfect Cowboys world, what all players he imagines is less than ten? Would you pick over Bijan if they were all available? Look, there's not a lot. 
Uh, I'm not in the quarterback market. So if for whatever reason, you know, the top quarterback falls for you at 26. Maybe you add those quarterback names, but I, I'm not really in the quarterback market. So I only got about four and, and two of them is questionable. So Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, not going to be there, but if they are, okay. Those are two. Broderick Jones and Paris Johnson are interesting because they are left tackles that I think allow you to kick Tyler Smith into left guard. And now you have that left side solidified for years to come. But I don't know how many Cowboys Nation. Y'all, y'all, y'all list me the, the, the names of players you're taking over Bijan if they're there at 26. Now, we did this game, I think it was last week, where we played the mock draft. And I think it was Nolan. Was Nolan Smith there? I think Nolan Smith, I think Will McDonald were on the board in Calvin Watkins' mock draft, and he took Bijan because Bijan. But from a just pure player for player, who, who am I taking over him in a perfect world? It's not a lot. You know? It's not too many, man. Uh... JSN, maybe. Nah, I would take Bijan. Joey Porter. That that was the cornerback. I was thinking maybe if Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter is there. That's a conversation to have. I'm not mad at that, that conversation either. I, I don't think it's a lot, man. Good morning, Steve. He said he can see the Eagles taking Bijan just so the Cowboys can't get on him. If they take him, it ain't because of the Cowboys. If they take him, it's because they know they could do some damage with him. Witherspoon? I don't know. I feel like Porter or Gonzalez make a little bit more sense from what the Cowboys like to do. But Witherspoon, he's a beast too. That's why I was thinking, Jay, you know, Nolan and Will McDonald were on the list last year. But that's tough. I mean, Nolan Smith plays the money five position. You know, so does Will, but. But Will's more so viewed as round two type of guy. I just don't think there's a lot. He said less than 10. I agree. I, I think it is definitely less than 10. 100%. Uh, let's get DJ on the horn. He called in. I see you listening to some names, DJ. Good morning, good brother. Good morning, good morning. You know, I hope all went well. You had a good weekend, sir. Yes, indeed. Uh, hope, yeah, hope you did as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, yeah, with with that, there's not a lot of names. I mean, uh, like I listed JSN. I was like, I think that's the only real one. If we're having a real conversation, just because of the whole Brandon Cook situation, he's a two year situation where JSN would be a five year conversation. So that's the only one that I truly, truly have any kind of argument for. Um, but yeah, man, the the reason I called in was, you know, everybody's been talking a lot, and I get it. And I, and I dropped the super chat earlier, so uh, mentioning this, but uh, basically with the O line, I think it's kind of getting overhyped on the the level of need. Like there's no there's no question that they need a left guard for depth purposes, for performance purposes. They need a left guard, but you don't necessarily have to take it in the first three rounds, in my mind. I prefer that just so we know we we know we we're getting a solid guy with the the ability of this team to draft. But I don't think I I view how the the O line was last year, which it's is a completely different makeup. But the performance they did last year, if everything went in line, 
they could have they played well enough that they could have gone further than they did, and they they probably did play well enough in that that San Francisco game. Turns in it was Dak and everybody else that kind of held things up uh, on on the offensive side of things. I so, think they were good in pass blocking for sure, but I think they needed some help from a run blocking standpoint because they 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 could they didn't they couldn't match up with them man on man right like they couldn't just go out there and just block their ass off against that defensive line so they needed kind of some schematics get some some east west game going get get to the outside and they just never you know Kelly never helped them in that man for sure and, and you mentioned it earlier and that was that was where I was going next I was like schematically you know for a long time it was just you know downhill three yards, four yards in the cloud of dust. If we got more and we broke one, hey, that's what we got. And there was nothing outside of, like, the weird yo-yo motions back and forth. And and Tony, instead of just handing the ball to Tony and letting him rock, like, they put him in motion and do all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of things they could have done schematically to kind of help that. Could they have been better? Absolutely. But I don't. Everybody's talking like it was one of the worst O lines in the league, and I know the whole pass rush win win rate and all that kind of stuff. But if you're just looking at the film and you're watching them, they had their good moments, they had their bad moments, they had their awful moments. But as a whole, it's not something that I'm like, oh my god, we got to fix this today. I think the only thing that we need to fix today is the depth conversation and making sure that we actually have a number one left guard to put out on the field when the season starts. But I think that's what everybody is screaming though. I think everyone is screaming exactly what you're everyone is saying, oh my God, we have to fix left guard and depth. But I want to get back to your original point and your your super chat. I don't think you're wrong in the sense of we definitely need a left guard, but it doesn't have to be in round one. Um, I think when we think draft, that's what we always think, right? Definitely day one. They, they make you put everything into the first round because it's one round. So when we come away, say the mm. Cowboys don't take the left guard, guarantee you, the Twitter world is going to melt down. Cowboys Nation is going to melt down. But what if they take the guy in the second? You know, so that's why if you listen, I continually say they got to get one in the top three rounds. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Uh, if it's not round one, mm-hmm. that's that's cool. I think they can find a it can find a guy that they can plug between the Tylers because that's what it should be, Tyler and Tyler. And, and I think mm-hmm. with with a an upgrade schematically, and you got Tyler Smith in year two, Tyler Biotis who knows what he's doing. I think you can actually still be a very productive offense. We are, at the end of the day, we're talking about essentially left guard. And I'm not trying to diminish any position on the front line. But we're not talking about the need to find a center. We're not talking about the need to find a left tackle. Right? So, I'm with you. They need a left guard. If it's not in the first round, then it is not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess that, that was my main thing of trying to communicate this morning, man. But I appreciate you. I'll let you get back to it. You have a good rest of your morning, sir. Thanks, DJ. And uh, that that was DJ Super Chat. I'll read it here. Here you go. Uh, get that one out the way. Super here. Chat. DJ basically said what he said here on the phone. He said, "I've come to the conclusion that the need for O line is slightly overhyped. They definitely need to draft a left guard, but they don't need to draft one in the first round." The latter part, I 100% agree with. I don't necessarily think it's overhyped. Uh, I, I think it's it's a need. You know, it's a need. It's it's the only blinking red light need. So it's going to get that type of height. Uh, but I don't think it has to be in the first. They do. Obviously, it makes sense if they don't pick it up. See what's there in the second round. Uh, appreciate the, the super chat, though. DJ super chat. And then DC for life. Texas drop one and say good morning, Sky. What up, Cowboys Nation? Let's go 
Cowboys. Facts. Um. Okay. Got some more calls coming in, but let's get back to this mailbag. CJ. Shout out to my guy, CJ, a.k.a. Cold Jelly over here on YouTube. He says, do you think we have any tradable players that have enough value that we can use in the draft to trade up in round three or four or in the upcoming season? So the latter part of in the upcoming season, we just doubt we won't know until we get to camp and, and, and preseason where some of these players value kind of rises. But as we speak right now, I decided to go take a look. And there's not a whole lot of options. Really weird. But 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 there really isn't a whole lot of realistic guys. We're not talking about trading our top guys to move up and around. You're, you're looking at super depth dudes. And obviously the biggest name that comes up is Jordan Lewis, right? He's the first one that comes to mind, but he's coming off an injury. Is a team willing to trade their third or fourth round pick for him or are you packaging jordan lewis and a pick just to move up in the third or fourth I, you know i don't know but jay lou kind of seems like the biggest name of them all because he's he's got a pedigree he's third round draft pick he's been around the league for a while he's had some success jay lou comes to mind then you start thinking israel mcquamu you know an upcoming young player but do you want to move off of a guy like that with some huge upside that just to move up in the third or fourth round? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. You know, but when you go look at the depth chart, man, it, it ain't a whole lot. And, and and see, that's the thing with Dorrance Rolo. When I'm thinking of the starters, I ain't trading Dorrance Armstrong to move up in the third round. No, 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 no. I, you know, it. It, it to me it just wouldn't be worth. I mean, who's there? Who is somebody falling? Is some some ridiculous player falling? I wouldn't trade Do I wouldn't trade Dorrance to to move up in the third round. But Jay Lou Rolo, I, that's the one for me. Jay Lou, semi oh move semi to tight end. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think that. But look, go look at the depth chart. Y'all find me names that you'd be willing to trade to move up in the third or fourth round. Not too many. So Rolo's saying no, just just for a third in general, possibly get a third in general. It'd be one of those situations where I'm on the clock and it's got to be a guy I am super high on to do it. Because the more and more I look at the draft, because we had this conversation about Dorrance before and I struggled with the third round pick for Dorrance and I'm kind of back and forth on it. But the more and more I dive into the draft, I look at the third round. I'm like, eh, I think I'd keep DA for, for depth purposes he's obviously gonna be a starter but i'd love for sam williams to be the starter and da and him could kind of bounce off each other because i think if Dorrance armstrong is kind of a guy who gets to play 110 percent at play at 110 percent but not 100 percent of the snaps although he's not i like that better than him being the starter and he's kind of fizzling out by seasons in <laughs> so neville galmore <laughs> You got to watch Roger's show. So we had a little joke about Neville. I just don't see a team doing it. Like, think about this. Here's the question you got to ask yourself. Would you trade for that player and give up your third or fourth round pick? Ain't no way in hell I'm, I'm trading my third or fourth round pick for no Neville. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Lemitra would trade LVE for, for a good third round pick. 
Oh boy. Uh are we signing some backers? Cause that, that room is already it's already super light. I, I don't know that I would do that. Just because of the room is light. Like I'm willing to move off LVE, but I'm willing to do so low key with LVE in the room. If that makes sense. Like if we had got a a I don't know. Wagner, Bobby Wagner. I, I'm cool with moving off LVE, but meaning he ain't your starter or he ain't the middle linebacker. But you get rid of LVE, your room is even, even worse. So there ain't too many. Ain't too many, man. That question really made me think. Uh, 727, good morning. What you, what you think about that one? Hello. Yes, sir. 727, you are live. Hey, yo. How you doing there, young Skywalker? This is Mr. Amos here. Good morning, Mr. How Amos. How you been? Famous Amos. Yeah. You know what? Uh, we got a lot of Cowboy fans panic at the thought of the Eagles getting B. John Robinson. Mm. I hope they do get it. The reason why, that whole offense is going to change. Somebody is going to not – two people on that offense is going to disappear. First of all, they don't have the same offensive coordinator. You don't? Then they're going to have to figure out how to distribute the ball between him, uh, Devontae, and A.J. Brown. What you going to do with that run option when you got the number 10 pick, when you got your quarterback there trying to run it at the same time? Or is he going to depreciate the value of one Jalen Hurts that's going to try to make him out of a pocket pass first? Ooh, come on. So the same offense we seen last uh, and Garvin, because they paid all those people, and they like their stats, they like their money, and regardless of people, people think A.J. Brown got a mouth on him. And once he don't get that ball, something's going to happen. Jalen Hurts can get nervous when things don't go right. You got to have a plan when you get it in. Especially, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that on the, you use that guy at ten. Now, to me, regardless of the way they switch around and get him, to me, it's going to be a poison pill to them. You mm-hmm. got it's got to be a team that's used to having a plan with a running back, like you know our team, the Chargers, the Redskins. I mean, teams that you know have a scheme, yeah. run the ball, they can plant someone in. And, and, and keep the momentum going and don't have to change their offense drastically to appease some player or just to appease the, the, the fans. Another thing, you know, I, 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 I want to talk about, and that's going to be it. You know, I know the Cowboys like Avila, but what do you think is going to go around about the 40th, 45? To me, it, it's, I wouldn't mind trading back in the second, sacrificing something to get your guard. Because they do need a guard. They don't have to necessarily draft one, but they show damn well need one. Whether they try to trade or move somewhere around uh, during draft day with, with somebody that has a, a good guard. I was looking at a scenario uh, on one of these uh, simulated drafts where the yeah. Saints would have traded us, we reached their center. So are pick. you saying trade out of the first round? Or you're saying you get well, to... Well, I'm trade back in. We trade somewhere else to sacrifice to try to get move from 58 okay. down into the 40s okay. to try to get you Avila. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think Avila is a second-round graded player for me. Um, I, I think if he goes in round one, it'll be a team like Dallas that takes him. But if not, I think he can be available in a second. Where in a second? That's a different story. Uh, trading up, though. 
Uh, I just, I'm just so hesitant on trade. I'd much rather trade the pick for a better player. Uh, when you start talking about yeah. trading premium picks and trading up in the premium rounds, first and second, it can be a bit, it can get expensive. Um, I mean, look, if it's a guy that they love, man, and, and they willing to part with a day three pick, sure. But if it means I can't pick again until pick 100 and something, boy, that better be a dude, man. You know, that better be a dude. Yeah. That would definitely be a starter. I mean, if yeah. you think he's oh, got yeah. the starting potential, yeah. yeah, pull the trigger. Yeah. Hey, if if they if they believe that's their guy, look, I I'm not I'm not upset with it, but but the compensation is really what's gonna matter. And they got they got a toe in all this so far. But all right, young man, you take care, man, and don't worry. Uh I hope the Eagles, you know, self destructive <laughs> that they usually do, try to overload the pot, overload the plate so much that it all runs off on the floor. Take oh, care there, my young brother. I love it, man. Where, where my guy at? My man called in and said, Philly. I ain't scared of you, mother. Good goddamn if y'all get B. John Robinson. I'm all for callers calling in and shit. No, Philly, I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm all for it. I know a guy that's been shitting on Philly on Twitter and just been absolutely clowning the Eagle fans. It's my man, Boss Cowboy. <laughs> Boss Cowboy, what's good, brother? Hey, what's going on, Scott? What's up with you, man? You've been, you been holding down on Twitter, dog. Oh, man. I appreciate it, bro. You know, been having fun going to war with the enemy. Yeah. I, I actually do think that uh, offensive line is a need and left guard is a major need. And I'm actually on the opposite side to where I think we should be extremely aggressive to move up. Like, extremely aggressive. I think we should maybe even move up to, like, 19, 18, something like that. Cool. Yeah. For who? who and got the reason being, and I, because I I agree with the vision that I think we can win games and we can be competitive. Uh, without that, I dis- I stand with you on that. I'm thinking that the right player will is a hump pick for us if we get the right guy, mm. right? You know, so I like, the like hump a guy picks. like a yeah, put us over the hump. You know, so like for instance, I was thinking about like the times to where the offensive line really carried us. Like 2014, you know, that that offensive line carried a bad defense, no names. 2015, that offensive line carried uh, McFadden, old man McFadden, right, and no quarterbacks. And then in 2016, obviously, it helped the young Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott have one of their best years and highest averages. And so when I'm looking at the landscape as well, uh, one thing that Mike Marks, talked about that went under the radar is he said he'd been watching the landscape of the NFL for the last 10 years and trying to adapt to passing leagues has leaned the linebackers. And we can even see that with our own team, with us taking curves, putting them in the box, even having Dunno putting them in the box, drafting a dude like Cox because we have a vision for him to be that tween a linebacker. So everything that we've seen with our own team is happening around the league, and it creates an opportunity for a team that have enough foundational pieces to really bully teams. So we got like Steele, that's a bully guy. Zach Martin, bully guy. Tyler, bully guy. If we just got one more and put him at left guard and got aggressive, I think we could really take advantage of the the, the, the tween of linebackers and the smaller guys you know, and that, that's why I'm thinking we should maybe get aggressive. Right. So Because it's just too many dominoes that fall. You're saying aggressive, but I'm not for who. Because 
if I'm moving up in the first round to to, to get yeah. it, I don't know. There's not a guard I'm moving up in the first round for. So my, I'm thinking, just trying to think how maybe you're thinking. Are you thinking maybe move yeah. up in the first round to get a tackle and then move Tyler Smith to guard? Uh, no, um, I'm actually thinking about being creative and moving up and targeting somebody like a Darnell Wright or a Broderick Jones. So, like, Broderick Jones is a left-side player similar to Tyler Smith, right, who played both left tackle and left guard, and very physical, very mauler type, you know. Right. The so, most technically sound. But Broderick's mm-hmm. a left tackle. Are you, are you looking to kick him inside, or are you talking about well, he played some left guard as well, so I call him a left side player because he played both. Now, his senior year, he played left tackle. Yeah, but yeah. He, throughout his career, he's played some left guard. Yeah, uh, I think I keep. I, I, look, if I'm taking Broderick, I would slide Tyler in. But Darnell Wright, you definitely could. That seems fun. You definitely could. Yeah, you definitely could. And and that's the good thing about him is and Tyler Smith is the flex of both of those guys. You so know? essentially, we're, so we're you're it, trading up to do. What I was saying, you're trading up to take a tackle, and you're and you're moving them to guard, because yeah. I don't I don't see yeah. a guard he, worthy of trading up for. No, it's no guards. Like yeah. no, I'm not doing that for Osiris, but I'm doing that, that to be creative. So like, for instance, like, and then historically in the league, your best guards have been first tackles. So like Zach Martin was a tackle, uh, Ron Leary was a tackle. Yeah. you know. So, like, the people that we referenced as solid on our squad was first tackles. And I think it's not like a perfect fit if we tried to target a left guard. But in my opinion, if we looked at, like, players that have the talent and if we was willing to really coach them up and work with those guys and kind of get them uh, engrafted into this offensive line, I think it could work. I think it would have to be the right guy, though. So, like, a Broderick Jones, a a Darnell Wright, to me, they are perfect. Now, yeah. would I lose sleep if we don't? No, but I will feel way more comfortable about this window for 2023 with one of those young studs in the middle. Oh, look, we, we'd all be extremely excited to, to, to get one. I mean, for those who are, you know, looking to grab an offense lineman early, um, I, I just wish we knew what we were getting out of our scheme. And that's kind of the wait and see thing because I don't know, boss. I just got this weird feeling that uh, Mike Solari, Schottenheimer, and, and McCarthy, we keep talking about how they're going to help the receivers. I think they're going to also help this offensive line, man. So whether they get that guy in round yeah. one or round two, I think they'll be elevated by Solari's coaching and scheme, Schottenheimer being able to play off of that, and then McCarthy understanding, right, that, it, hey, these big boys up front actually matter uh, and, and we're going to be a little bit better situationally. So, I wish we knew a little bit more from that. Yeah, and the good news is that this is uh, one of the deeper hybrid classes that I've ever seen. You know, I've never seen a class with so many tackle slash guards and guys that played all over the offensive line. So, like, you know, in the past we've gotten burned, uh, like with Connor Williams, right? We got him as a premium date uh, second-round pick that never really – fully matured into what we wanted him to be. I would say we also got burned by Conor McGovern, right? So those are two premium picks, uh, top three-round um, three picks, that never really replaced Leary. So if they thinking like that, I would just hope that they get aggressive. But if they don't, I'm not going to cry. I think there's other guys you can target uh, for round two. But if we don't get that guy round one, I want to ask you, 
I think round two would be somewhere where we also have to be aggressive. Like we, to me, I'm saying like go up and get your guy, just like we did with Tank. We was aggressive to go get Tank when he was drafted out of Boise State. I think that left guard with a perfect Mauler type is would really take us over. So let's say if we even didn't go uh, with a right in the first, right? Or Darnett or Broderick Jones. Yep. I think Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse would be my primary target for round two because it's not that many real quality, true Mauler killers, you know, and they're going to go, you know, because the fam is not lying about these guys. Now, Matthew would be third on my list on pure Mauler killer, left tackle, left guard, but if we don't get aggressive round one, we definitely got to do it round two. What's the, pre- your thoughts on that? the previous caller just basically said that he he was saying, "Hey, what about trading up into like the 40s?" And I'm saying that guy better be a guy that you can plug and play. And if they believe in it, then you know, listen, it, it is what it is. But if you're if you're okay with taking a guy, you know, at 40 whatever, and then not picking again to the hundreds, that's fine, right? But but who's the yeah, guy and yeah. what is the compensation? That you know, the context is it's tough to figure out because we're, we're talking hypothetically, um, but. And what is the supply and demand? Because if if we're yeah we're picking at fifty eight, Cowboys fifty eight, right? If we're sitting at yeah. forty two, and an interior offense line only one interior offense lineman has come off the board, I think they have to have that conversation in the room. Like, hey man, we've got about five names on this list that we absolutely believe we can draft between fifty eight and and what is it ninety, and none of them have been taken, or only one of them been taken. So do you play that? Do we do we kind of just wait a little bit longer to to see when that supply and demand starts to hit us, or or do we go up and do it now? So it's a lot of conversation that'll probably have to happen in that room. But if, if you like the yeah. Syracuse guy, they 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 love Avila. Uh, if Osiris falls, you know, if their guy is in striking distance and McClay and Solari and McCarthy are like, no, that's our guy right there. Then 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 go do it. Do what go you got to do to get your guy. And so, and just real quick, I don't want to take up too much of the other call of time. The first run is likely going to be on tackle. Oh, yeah. Because obviously it's only about, it's only, yeah, so that leaves pretty much Matthew. You know what I mean? Because it's Peter, Paris, Broderick, Anton, DeWan, Darnell, maybe Cody, and Matthew, right? So if that first run happened in the first round, which it likely will, that's going to leave likely maybe Cody Mock. I know you like him. I like him too. Uh, Matthew Bergeron. So with it only being two left, they'll be likely gone. So that's why I'm thinking that's where the Dallas Cowboys would have to get aggressive, you know. So that's just my thoughts on it, bro. I just Because I'm just seeing a vision of us adding that interior guy where we really, truly, finally this time get the true Leary replacement. But this time we'll be adding a dominant line to a top defense. That top line back in the day was carrying bad defense. If we get a great interior where we can bully these little linebackers, control the line of scrimmage, control tempo, control the uh, floor of the game, you know, protect that, and help the receivers. It's just so many dominoes, and we gonna have a committee oh, yeah, back. Man. We yeah. gonna have a committee back system, no doubt. So we gonna have a committee system. To me, that should be like premium. I mean, so, it's it's the blinking red light. It, though, it's the blinking red light, boss. Appreciate your call, brother. All right, big dog. Make Appreciate sure, you. Make sure y'all check out Boss Cowboy Sports everywhere. 
especially here on YouTube, man. Appreciate you, big dog. That is, uh, yeah, man, that's the blinking red light, you know, is, is left guard, you know, offensive line. Well, left side, we'll just say that because you can slide Tyler in if they elect to do that. Um, I should ask him about Mafi. I was interested to know if he if he was a fan of Mafi uh, at some point in day three or late day two. But, yeah, man, the, the caller at the beginning of the show really made me, was it the caller or was it DJ? I can't remember who, well, DJ was a caller. Made me think about the schematics of things. Uh, you know, yeah, man, you want to have as many beasts up front as possible. I don't think, like he said, I'm not losing sleep if they don't take that guy in round one. I do think there's a possibility there's going to be a left side player for you available in round two if that doesn't happen. I don't want what I don't want them to do is reach in round one is is skip over certain guys because they got to take a Cody Malk or something like that. They, they believe, oh, man, it's the last chance we got to get a guy. End of the day. End of the day, if there's a, a player at a, a money five spot that's there, that's way above your board, I wouldn't like them to pass on that for the guard. I would much rather them be patient and then maybe get aggressive in round two if they need to. Um, I just got this, got this confidence in Mike Solari, though. I do. I feel like whatever guy they take in the top 100, it, it, he's going to pick the one that fits them uh, correctly. And the Cowboys will be fine offensively. Now, the Ron Leary situation, like we talked about earlier, Ron Leary wasn't drafted. And it's crazy. We're still chasing the Ron, the, you know, the ghost of Ron Leary's past. But that guy wasn't drafted. He was undrafted. Uh, I believe it took a year, developed, and he became that dude. Now, if, if we're just looking for a flat-out mauler and we can develop, you know, the mafias we talk about the world, we can develop the pass blocking stuff as we go. I, I think you can you, you're gonna find you one in the top, you know, 100. I think you can find you one in the top 100. So it's going to be fascinating to see how they how they view this spot. For me, I'm all about the trenches in the early round, round one or two. So whether that be tackle, guard, or on the other side of the ball, defensive tackle, I'm trying to walk away with one of them. It don't have to be round one, but if it is, I'd be a happy camper. Not going to lie to you. I'd be a happy camper. Let's finish up this uh, mailbag, and we got a couple more callers, and we get up out of here. Kendrick Thompson. Shout out to UKT. He says, re-signing Anthony Brown should be a priority for this defense. Or should re-signing Anthony Brown be a priority for this defense? He thinks so. I can give my thoughts later. Well, Kendrick, if you in here, come on in. Give me your thoughts. Because for me, hell no. <laughs> a priority? And that's the word I'm leaning on. Anthony Brown being a priority? No. Uh, but there have been sources that told CowboysSI.com that Brown is in the DFW rehabbing under the supervision of the professionals inside the star. So he's rehabbing his Achilles injury uh, at the star. But a priority? Mm -mm. In fact, I'd make it drafting a cornerback in the top 100 a priority over bringing A.B. back. I'd also probably sign another cornerback before I bring A.B. back. And look, man, salute A.B., a success story in this league, no doubt about it, six-round pick, starter for multiple years, has some successful seasons. Appreciate you, man. Uh, they signed their their guy in, in Gilmore, right? Yeah, if he goes down, 
there's depth things you have to deal with, right? You moved Ron Bland out there. You still got, so I, I do think they are covered from a depth standpoint this year to be better equipped. If one of their guys goes down now, if two or three go down, like what happened last year, I mean, most teams are going to struggle to, to throw out guys that are adequate. And Dallas did that. They struggled last year to throw guys out there. Uh, look, if you want to bring him back for pennies and you say, Hey, AB, you you're competing for the slot in cornerback five. I suppose. But where is A.B. fitting here? Stephon Gilmore, Jordan Lewis, Deron Bland, Trayvon Diggs. Gilmore, Diggs, and Bland, to me, are your top three guys. They're, they're going to be the two boundary guys and then Deron Bland on the, on the slot. J. Lou and A.B. could compete for cornerback four. Also, what is A.B.'s mentality? Does A.B. want to go play? Because he ain't playing here. Barring injury, he ain't getting on this field. So, no, I'm, you know, and it's not like he was. Here's the here's the messed up part about the Cowboys cornerback situation last year. A.B. wasn't good. But he was better than what we had after he left. <laughs> it was terrible. It was so it was it was just not a good situation opposite of Trayvon Diggs last year, man. Now, 2021, A.B. had a career year for sure. You could argue you missed A.B., in the same way you you missed LVE when he was out. Not because these guys were just exceptional players. It was because you didn't have the depth that you thought you had. Or your depth got hit because J. Lou also had one out prior. Maybe Deron Bland plays on the outside and J. Lou stays on the, And we're not having this conversation. But that didn't happen. Jordan Lewis got hurt. So y'all are y'all in or out on making A.B. a priority? A priority re-signing. Um, it's clear he's not a priority because he would have been signed already. And we're 10 days out from a draft. Uh, I, I don't think that they're going to sign any more guys like AB prior to this draft. I think they're going to wait to see if they can get a top 100 corner. If nobody falls to him, then maybe you revisit the AB conversation. He gets re-signed on a one-year minimum type of deal. Matisse said, re-sign AB. For what? <laughs> I'm kind of right there with you, man. I don't, I don't see the need, man. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm out. I'm out on a re-signing AB at least prior to the draft. They come out this draft, they don't get a corner. They feel like we're we're, we're worried about the depth. Hell, I didn't even put Izzy on his list, and Israel McQuamu could could potentially fit in this cornerback room. So, but if they want to bring AB in. What is it? We're in April, May, June or something like that. June, July. All right, whatever. That's going to cost you one year vet minimum. But I would not make him a priority. No, sir. No, sir. No way. No how. Sully said, ask the question again and hit the button. Y'all want to re-sign AB as a priority? Motherfucker for what? Yeah, I'm with you. Let's get Los on this one. What's good, Los? Good morning, God, man. Hey, man. It's that day. I know I know. We, we talk, we're talking about Cowboys, but there's a Dallas team that might make a run for the Stanley Cup. Ah, the stars, you know? yeah. It's crazy you brought that up because yeah. I'm trying to I'm, – I'm actually really looking at, at tickets and whatnot now, so. Yeah, hey, if you go to a game, like I said, Scott, you'll, you'll love it. And, I, I, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to be biased here, but I do think we have the best goal celebration in hockey so whenever we make a goal 
you'll feel the energy of all the fans here in Dallas, and let's go make a run. But now let's so, talk to some Cowboys. Scott. They're gonna be like, go, go, leg, go, leg. No, no, wrong? no. It's way oh, different. Oh, no, it's no, wrong no. Yeah, just, just, okay. just, just, just look up Pac <laughs> off by. I'm playing. Just look man. up Pac off by Dallas Stars, and you got it, Sky. I'd be the one that screamed that while I'm there, and they'd be looking at me like. He's so, here for the hockey game? He, he's here? He never, he never from around Why here. are you here? Mother, for what? Well, go ahead, man. But yeah, man. But So about this draft, man, I really do think Cowboys, for the first time this offseason, like they said, I mean, they surprised us. They picked up a not, not only a, a wide receiver, but a wide receiver that can actually do something, right? We're not right, relying on, uh. you know, oh, well, he's been okay. You know the Washingtons of the world. You know we we know what Cooks can do in this in any offense, especially you know when he had no quarterbacks, he still managed to get like over a thousand yards. And then the other thing is when we locked up that corner with Gilmore, I mean that did all the difference in the world. As in like, all right, now we don't have to rely heavily on Trayvon Diggs, or or if they try to throw Trayvon Diggs our way, we we got like you know it's it's them risking it for the biscuit. So. We we basically got a team, but my thing is like I want. So in the first draft, I was wondering who would have the best value to our team, and I think one name that we cannot get rid of is I mean Bijan Robinson. I mean if we were to manage to get him, Sky, yeah. like you're talking about a running back one in this league for the next three to four years. And don't get me wrong, I love Tony Pollard. He's a hell of a football player. Like I respect him. He I feel like we not wasted. Well, I'll say I'll be clearly. I think we wasted some of his years here, but I mean that doesn't mean he can't go out there and still play. But my worst concern is his one-year deal. So my thing is, if we're not if we're not priority, you know, signing Tony Pollard for the rest of the future, who's going to be our running back for the next two or three years? And I think if we were to manage, like manage the Bijan, I think that offense is set for you know the for the you know, for this year, and I think having a one-two punch with Tony and Bijan, man, that's going to be nasty, Sky. But like I said, it's all we, we can wish for. I really do think if you want Bijan, you're really going to have to trade up for him because I do not think he's going to make it past, yes. past the, the 17 pick. And I, my question to you, Sky, line do crosses. you think? Yeah, and, and, and my question to you, Sky, is do you think Cowboys feel or see that Bijan that way or how no. do they feel about Tony Pollard? Because I really don't know how they feel about Tony Pollard. Yes, they gave him the the what is it the uh, I'm about to say, brother. They, they told tag, you how they feel. Yeah. They, they tagged yeah. him. Yeah, they gave him the. Yeah, they franchise tagged him. But I just feel like, are they gonna work a? I'm not trying. Okay, this is my worst fear. I don't want another sticky or Elliot. You're not getting hangover type. You're of not thing. getting you, that. You know, you're not getting that. Steven already. They're, they're out of that paying and running back a lot of money business. You're, you're not getting it. They might even be out of trading up to get a Bijan business. I, I don't think they'll they'll do that. Now, if they look at this as a marketing type of tactic or ploy, then you know maybe that that conversation changes. But uh, I, I I don't I don't see them trading up for a running back now. Okay. Yeah. So that was just my my opinion, but I really do think, hey, if Bijan's there, you at twenty six, you better run to that damn post. That's a whole different. That that's a whole different there. question. If he's there at twenty six, I, I do think they probably make that selection, but uh, I don't think exactly. they would they would trade up into where you probably had to go in the top fifteen. You're, now you're talking about giving up that third rounder, uh, maybe more. Maybe if if a team want to tax you, so 
Well, yeah, that, that's all I got to say, Sky. I mean, you have a great day. And, hey, um, one one last thing. I, I don't know who's making these Dallas City uniforms for all these teams, but, damn, they got to they gotta fix these Dallas uniforms at times because, man, I, I need to go to Photoshop myself because we need some good edition, city additions for these teams because I don't know if you saw, Sky, because, like I said, I'm a, a, I'm a sports fan of all teams. Uh, the Rangers just dropped their city edition jerseys. Man, Scott, I'm disappointed. I hope I hope I hope Cowboys can make you know something about the uniforms this year. Cause damn, I'm kind of bummed out about that. But yeah, that's all, Scott. Peace. All right, man. Appreciate you, Lowe. No, I like the iced out Jones that the, that the Cowboys had last year. I'm cool with those units. I like the color rush. I'm cool with those. I don't think they don't need to get anything crazy. Uh, but man, I feel like this conversation for the next week and some change is going to come up. Cowboys trade up for Bijan. Cowboys take Bijan at twenty six. Pretty sure he ain't going to be available. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't see it happen. That don't mean they won't do it. But you can't be out of paying the running back big money business and then trade up for him. That, that, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, and and we understand how deep this draft is. I personally believe, you know, shore up the offensive line, shore up the scheme, and I think you can get a quality young back after day one to pair with Tony Pollard, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the only, the only way there's a conversation about Bijan is to me is if Bijan is there at 26, right? Like that really is where the conversation starts trading up what about all that, man. What about all that? All right. Last caller of the day, making good progress here. Six, eight, two. What it is, what it do. What up, Sky? Good morning, Long sir. time listener, first time caller. Welcome to the show. I just wanted to talk about something that's just dear to my heart. That's the trenches, and everybody's been talking about the left guard. But I want to, I want to impress on everybody about the three tech. Everybody's thinking about the one tech. If we got that, I mean, we've got Jonathan Hankins now. And we can supplement that with another guy in the, you know, later in the draft. But we, if we want to, if we want to win the chip, if we want to be the best defense, if we want to take this defense to a whole other level, we need a true three tech. Think about the old days when we had, when we were getting sacks. What was the guy, Jason Hatcher? I mean, when we we run like a four three, but it's like a a different version, but. <clears throat> We yeah, Hatch, Hatch broke a, out. He had a break. He had a breakout year under Rod, where he had eleven sacks. But I think, I think we got Hatcher under Parcells as a three four. And, right. And, and, um, Correct. Who else You're was right. it? Coach Coach Cupcake, Camp Cupcake, uh, Wade Phillips, Wade right. Phillips, and, and they used him as a three a five tech in, in the three four. But but nonetheless, I, I right. Like, you you right. I hear you on the three hey. tech thing. I do. Uh-huh. My only drawback is. Just based off of what I've been watching the last two years, and I would love to talk to Okoye more about this, it seems to me that they are not utilizing their defensive tackles, at least the three techs, in the same manner as we would like to see them, right? Meaning get upfield, get to the quarterback, be a disruptive force. They seem to be more a part of games. The Cowboys run more stunts than any team in the league by far, and they use those three techs to free up the edge rushers. So, it's kind of you're going to get yours after they get theirs type of situation, unless it's just pure pass down and 
you know, occasionally they'll allow Osa or somebody to get upfield. But I hear you for sure, right? So you're talking about the Cansies of the worlds, the the uh, Bentons of the worlds, right? Those type of guys, right? I think could be disruptors right. if they're allowed to be disruptors. So I, I hear you, I feel you. I just wonder if DQ views them those type of guys as that, or is he going to feature his ends instead of his tackles? I, and I, I I hear what you're saying, and I agree. And I could be wrong, but I feel like you have to run those games because you're not getting the pressure you need. Just think if we were getting pressure up the middle. I'm tired. You know, quarterbacks hate pressure up the middle in their face. Yeah. If we got pressure in the middle and they had to step to the right or the left and he came to D-Law or to Micah, I mean, let's make it easy for them. They are coming – they're having to loop around or hit them with the, you know – trick them and come back inside and do all this work to get in because our guys, I'm watching them. Sometimes they're being single. They're being blocked by one person. You know what I'm saying? We're not getting the push. They can step right up in the in the pocket and be comfortable. If we had, if we had pressure up the middle, this would change the defense. It will change the defense. Hey. We will be on a whole other level. You ain't you ain't saying nothing that I don't agree with or disagree with, bro. I'm with you all the way, right? But I don't think they use them that way. And you're saying you think they don't use them that way because they don't got that guy. Uh, I think Osa could 100% be that guy. I think if they just said, Osa, go be a disruptor and, and we'll just worry about the rest, I think he can be a disruptor. Um, and if they do draft a guy to, to be that, I, I think they'll just fit into the same mode that the Cowboys are doing with their defensive tackles. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they would say, you know, if you're, you're talking about, I imagine you're talking about like Cansey, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want, I, that's what I want. I want to disrupt yeah, her. I, I and you know what? I think they thought they were going to get that. They were going to get the pressure from Neville. Uh, he yeah, was supposed to be right. that guy. He's kind of like a tweener. He's, he's, he's yeah, kind of like a tweener. So that's the problem. You, you talk about all these the defensive tackles. I think you're looking at a, a bunch of just kind of average guys. It's outside of Osa, in my opinion. But you're looking at the Bohannas of the world, looking at the Nevilles of the world. Uh, Ghosting is still trying to figure things out. They don't have a ton of interior depth, which is why I say the trenches, whether it be one tech or three tech, I I think Mozzie can can give you some things. I think Benton can give you some things. Uh, I don't think that Cansey uh, is 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 as dual threat wise. He's not as versatile. But I'm with you on trenches for sure. I just again, I would love to have a conversation with a defensive guy down there and say, what? How do you view the interior? Because it doesn't seem like they put that much emphasis on the three-tech position to to do exactly what you want to do. Push the pocket, get pressure, and things like that. They they do the stunts. They work, though. Like, the stunts work. Uh, the Cowboys, over the last two years, have been one of the highest pass rush win rate teams. They get a ton of sacks. They create a ton of plays. So, on one hand, it's hard to argue against it. Because how many teams are just throwing the ball over the Cowboys? Not, not, not a whole lot. You know, until the cornerback situation got messed up and... Micah start getting banged up, but they've they've been pretty solid, man. It's just I think no, personally, great points. we want to see you. it. I agree yeah. with you, so I shouldn't be complaining about this. You make great points, and they do have no, a no, nice no. car package. So they throw, they and, throw yeah. their defensive ends in there, yeah, and the three that. tech, and they and they have them rushing. But just what if we had that guy? Let's go get that guy. You know what I'm saying? Let's get the guy. You're right. Instead of these, you're you, you know, are right because if you go look at the 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 league, if you go look at the, the participants in a Super Bowl the last few years, the DJ readers, the Chris Jones, the exactly. all of the defensive tackles for the Eagles, uh, you know, so forth and so on. Eric Armstead over there in San Francisco. Like they've got that dude 
that they allow to just be an absolute force. So I'm all for getting one of them dudes, which is why I'm a big Mozzie fan. I think he can be a dude. I think Benton could be a dude. You know, I'm with you, bro. I am. I just wonder with Mozzie, I think it's easier because I think they can use Mozzie in a, in a one tech situation. Uh, Benton, I think, can mm-hmm. also do more uh, run stopping type things where you don't got to take him off the field all the time. I, I'm not gonna lie. I question Kansi a little bit because how can he hold up if a team like the Eagles, if a team I like agree. the Niners, are willing to just run the ball on his ass? Like, like how can he hold up at that, you know, at that size? And he's not A B right. or, or A D. Right. So I just want to see. I think he's gonna be a good player. I just I just want to see him a little bit more. He does kind of scare me too. You know, it, it could be like a bus. I mean, you know, so it scares me. But one last thing, and I and I and I'm and I'm gone. I'll let you go home. I know you're ready to go. Be done with your day. Um. And look, you know, we are all we are all about the trenches. You know, we fortified our offensive line. And what did the whole division do? The whole division, they were scared of us. And what they do, they fortified their defensive lines because to, to even think about sniffing at getting um a NFC East crown, you have to, you know what I'm saying, you have to you you have to bring it against us and everybody has their defensive line. Why can't we? I know we had Rod Merrill Nelly who, you know, just give me cast offs and yeah, I'll make him something. Yeah, but care. it's time to fortify the three tech and the one tech, which Dan Quinn is looking at. But this, I just want to put some emphasis. I just want to get it out there. Let's get that guy. Let's get that three tech and change his defense and make it a championship defense. Take us yeah. all the way and win the chip with the three tech. Hey, I, I'm, right, I'm with you all the Thanks way. Appreciate the call. I am with you on adding interior help, man. Uh, adding a dude. Uh, it's a matter of who you believe is a dude, who they believe is that dude. But I would have, you know, we'd had this fun conversation earlier when we thought that, who was it that was on it? Buckner. We thought Buckner was on the trade block. I'll trade away. Y'all know what I would have traded. I traded away to go get a Buckner, right? DeForest Buckner. But you look at the list of guys, man. A lot of these guys are taken early. These interior dudes, and they don't necessarily got to be a pure three tech. It can be a guy that has some uh, versatility to him. But, uh, man, that's up there with me. Both sides of the trenches are up there with me. Now, it's a matter of do they value that in round one or two. Historically speaking, no. Uh, Tristan Hill was taken in round two, which was a super reach. But that's about it. That's about it over the last couple of decades, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, um, some of their hits were taken to the Jay Ratliffs of the world were later. Uh, Leroy Glover was a was a trade or a signing. I can't remember which one. So they, they really weren't drafting dudes early. Shit, what, since Russell Maryland, it feels like? I mean, when's the last time the Cowboys took a defensive tackle not named Tristan Hill in the top, you know, 50, 60 of the draft? Russell? So I could think about, but man, I was, how many times I've been preaching to y'all about having a dude get me one of them dudes. Now, I don't know if there's one there that they believe there's one there. Y'all know I like Mozzie. I do like Benton too. I ain't gonna lie. Uh, I like Kansi, but my, my thought on Kansi is a little different than other thoughts. I would like, I would like to look to view Kansi a little different. I like him kind of on the edge and move him inside on, on those pass rushy downs as my future D-Law type replacement. But that's just me. Uh, especially in this kind of multiple defense that Dan Quinn runs. 
But I think Mozzie can be a fantastic interior body. So can Benton. But do they view him as one of those guys? Emphasis on dude. That is true. Triple D. Emphasis on dude. Because a lot of those guys we talked about before, the Paynes, the Allens, the 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 readers, the we we know about Fletcher Cox when he was up top of his game. Uh we had the whole list. We did it before. Those guys matter. They're more rare than all these pass rushers, but they matter for sure. Last time the Cowboys drafted one. That's all I could think about is is, is Russell Maryland. I don't think the Cowboys drafted one. I know they ain't draft one in the first round. And I know Tristan was like the that's the only one I remember in the top 50 or 60, whatever the Cowboys pick. Yep. That's it. So Dallas historically doesn't do it. So that's why, you know, when other caller called in and talked about Mozzie, I said it. I don't think they will. But I wouldn't be mad if they do. Ebenezer Ecubon. What not a defense end? I thought it was an edge. All right. Let's get to some of these super chats on the way out of here. I think we actually hit them all early in the show. So but let me just double check. Make sure I ain't missing nothing. And I did. Triple D drop one. Super chat. He said, also, a stud defensive tackle will protect the linebackers. For sure. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's why I was kind of looking at Campbell to pair with Hankins bringing back or uh, Ashawn Robinson, these guys. I want to have that rotation. You know, it doesn't stop to me with the Hankins or an Osa. I want to have that rotation because none of these dudes are going to be uh, 75, 80, 85% plays. They're not going to be those guys. Mm -mm. Uh, surprisingly, Hankins was playing a lot of snaps, but you you want these guys to be fresh. And that's why I thought Philly was able to constantly bring pressure because they just had a ridiculous rotation to do. So I'm all about it. Good stuff today, man. Good questions. Created some, some great conversation. Uh, if y'all enjoyed today's show, do me a favor, hit that like button. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with our guy, Foots the King, talking linebacker prospects. And Foots is, my bad. Foots is fired up to talk about these backers, man. And I think it's one of the most non-talked about needs, in my opinion, for the Cowboys. Do not rule it out in round one. I'm telling you, don't do it. Uh, Sin City Cowboy drop one. What is your win now formula? Sin City going to have to be a bit more specific on that one. I don't know what that means. Super chat. But appreciate that. Uh, what is your win now formula? I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, uh, you got to be a bit more specific. Like, what are you, like draft wise? Are you talking about like in general? I don't know what you mean. Uh, nah, <laughs> it's Fuss the King, man. Fuss the King. He'll be back in tomorrow. We'll be talking about the linebackers in our on-the-clock draft series coming up. It is our second-to-last on-the-clock draft show. Next week will be the final one, and then boom, me and Foots will be live on draft day. A little bit different this year. I'm not covering the entire breaking news. I'm not covering the entire draft from pick one to pick whatever. We'll be coming on closer to the Cowboys pick. Wait a minute now. Somebody said breaking news. Hold on, my bad. I don't see anything. 
All right, we're good to go. Hey, appreciate you, though, Toxic. You just reminded me to talk about <laughs> Boston Scientific. That's the breaking news. ED can affect your self-esteem and impact your most important relationships. If you've tried pills, if you've tried other solutions and you can't find one, there is hope. Take a free online assessment that you can share with your doctor. Click the ad to learn more. There is a permanent satisfying solution to treat ED, and it's at edcure.org. Get the facts. Find neurologists who can offer treatment options when others don't work. What's, is there really breaking news? Anyway, uh, that's edcure.org brought to you by Boston Scientific. Am I being trolled or is there some, is there true, is there really news here? I hate when y'all do this. Good Lord. I'm not seeing anything. Oh, Jalen Hurts. Oh, I thought we were talking cowboy news. That's why I'm looking at my cowboy. I got a cowboys news list thingy here. And I'm refreshing. And I'm like, I don't, I don't see nothing happening. Man. Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, dog. We out of here with that one. Let me hit this button. Everybody know, everybody know Eagles news. But breaking news, I, I guess Jalen Hurts is signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. Love y'all to death, man. We out of here. <laughs> Triple D, that's good news for us. It might be, man. Love y'all. See y'all later. Watch somebody live.